This is Perspectives, the show where a look at our differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. First things first, we want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the moms today. My goodness, where would we be without you? Certainly not here. And a special acknowledgement to my mother, Ms. Mary. I mean, if I finish this life half the woman that you are, I will have accomplished much. Now, nothing is more important to a mother than her child, especially a healthy one. And for over 25 years, the consistent mission of the Fragile Kids Foundation has been to enhance the quality of life and well-being of children. The foundation offers support, supplies, and prescribed medical equipment not covered by Georgia Medicaid or private insurance for Georgia's medically fragile children. These kids live with chronic illnesses, genetic and traumatic disorders, orthopedic neuromuscular challenges. Now coming up this Friday, the Fragile Kids Foundation on May 13th will host a concert featuring the award-winning saxophonist and composer Eric Darius. As it flourishes, it's on Maple Avenue, that's off Piedmont and Buckhead. They've asked me to host, and joining us now is the Interim Executive Director of the Fragile Kids Foundation, Jill Gossett. Jill, thanks for coming by. Thank you for having me, Condus. So now it's described as a private event on your website, but let me guess, you're here to invite people to join us, right? Oh, the more the merrier. We would love to have more people join us for this spectacular event of ours. Now, this is the organization's signature event fundraiser for the year, correct? Yes. We have several events a year, but this is our our signature event where we hope to raise the most money. Now, not everyone listening may be familiar with Eric Darius. What can you tell us about him? Well, he is probably the best saxophone player that I have um, been able to see in concert. He has a heart of gold, and last year was his first year. He agreed to fly in from L.A. to perform for the Fragile Kids Foundation. Everybody loved him so much, we asked if he would return. So here he is back helping us raise money in 2016. Now, he's not the only musical entertainment of the evening. I know he is the headliner. What else do you all have planned? We have a young budding star by the name of Cole Thanish. Cole is in music school in Nashville. He did an event for us in November, and everybody loved him. So we have asked him to uh, hang around and kind of open up our, our big event this year. So we know we're going to have music, terrific entertainment, entertainment from Hollywood, California. Let me guess, uh, we got food and drink for the evening as well? <laughs> we do. Uh, legendary events, uh, the wonderful Tony Conway owns Flourish. It's his newest event space. So legendary events will be providing gourmet food. We'll have food stations, as much food as everybody would like to eat, some delicious past hors d'oeuvres. We have an open bar. We are very fortunate to have wonderful wine donated by Total Wine and More, and we actually have a tequila sponsor. So for our VIP ticket holders, they will get a tequila tasting along with a visit with Eric Darius. Um, so that's kind of an extra fun thing. And then we will have a tequila signature drink served at the bar for the rest of the evening. So food and spirits for sure for everybody. All right, we'll have to hold my ticket until everything is over because I can't talk and 
participate in all of that frivolity before the program is done. Talk talk to us about tickets, uh, ticket prices. How do you get them? Yes. So for general tickets, which um, the evening would begin at 7 in the evening, it's $150 a ticket. We do have our VIP tickets, which are $300 apiece. And our VIP party is from 6 to 7. Again, mingle with Eric Darius, have some tequila tasting, past hors d'oeuvres, and an open bar. Everybody who attends the event will receive Eric Darius's newest CD. Wonderful. Now, at the start, Jill, I sort of touched on the mission of the Fragile Kids Foundation, but I would like for you to take a minute and really give us a little bit of the history and go into some detail about the very critical work your organization does. Thank you, Condes. We always love to tell our story. And uh, about 30 years ago, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Rod Winley had the vision to start Fragile Kids Foundation because of what he experienced in his home health care business, seeing a lot of medically fragile children going without the critical pieces of equipment and supplies that they needed to lead healthy lives. So Rod started the foundation about 30 years ago, um, and we have been fortunate to have uh, wonderful donors from the corporate community, individuals who help us provide very expensive medical equipment, such as lifts that go in a van, bathing systems to get a medically fragile child in and out of the tub safely, ceiling lifts to get the heavier, older children around the house as they age and their parents get older. And often, Condis, our medically fragile children are cared for by either single mothers or grandparents. It, it's it's a, 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 a huge undertaking. Um, and we are the only ones in the state of Georgia that do what we do. Our process is very easy. It's a matter of a family filling out an application, which they can pull off of online from our website. We have an incredible review committee made up of doctors and nurses and therapists that dot all the I's and cross the T's to make sure this medical equipment is necessary for these families. And once they are approved, then we put them in line and we do have a waiting list. And that's why this event is so critical for us to, to raise money. We have children on a waiting list for medical equipment since last June. Mm. So with this waiting list, um, our parents, they're, they're desperate. And, and what it means when it comes to a van lift, which, by the way, costs thousands of dollars. And we provide $5,000 toward a lift. These families are stuck. They're stuck at home with a lack of transportation, and meaning it's much more difficult for them to get their children to the doctor for the doctor visits. But, you know, Condes, it's also a quality of life for the entire family. When you're in great need of a piece of transportation equipment, and that can be a conveyed stroller, which is a specialized stroller that folds up and goes into the trunk of the car, 
When they are able to transport their medically fragile children, they're able to keep their family together. They can go to the grocery store together. They can go to the movie theater together. They can go to the park together. Simple things. Simple things. Everyday activities. You got it. What are some of the conditions, the the medically fragile kids that you guys are able to help, some of the the conditions that afflict them? Absolutely. We help. the most medically fragile children in the state of Georgia, the, the majority of our children have cerebral palsy. And it can be cerebral palsy in many, it, it comes in many different levels or degrees of severity. And many of our children are unable to walk, feed themselves, um, and bathe themselves. We also have children that have suffered traumatic brain injury. Um, I just met with one of our dads two days ago, and his child was born healthy. And at three months, they got a call from their daycare saying their child had stopped breathing. The child had gotten some form of a head injury, not exactly knowing how or why, and therefore the child uh, inherited cerebral palsy. And we just got finished installing a van lift for this gentleman. He has two younger sons, and this particular child is nine, Evelyn. She's getting bigger. And mom, who's about 95 pounds soaking wet, she cannot lift Evelyn. So being able to push the wheelchair to the lift in the van and get Evelyn safely in the van and locked in has changed the family dynamics and and their life. I bet you've got tons of stories of kids like Evelyn that the Fragile Kids Foundation has been able to help and make humongous life-changing differences for these families. We have. And you know what's very interesting since we've been around so long? And given how healthcare has improved. Our medically fragile children are living longer. So the demands way back 20 years ago used to be more the specialized car seats, the walking devices. We still have demands for that equipment, but as we see our population aging, we the, the request for van lifts has tripled in the past five years. So We are growing with our families. We are there for them, uh, children ages, birth through age 21, all across the state. How do your clients find you with a waiting list? I'm sure they're not having much trouble, but are they referred by physicians or opportunities such as this? Oh, yes. An opportunity like this is golden. Uh, We do actually get the word out through social workers, physical therapists, their doctors, uh, the school system, school nurses, any way we can. Uh, Sometimes I feel like we are the best, you know, best kept secret in town. So it is critical for us to get the word out. And also referral, family to family. The families of medically fragile children are are very close. Of They're course, because they've got support groups and others. That's how they get through each and every day. You bet. Exactly.
you said you guys are the only ones who do this kind of work, and you've been around for about 30 years. So if there were no Fragile Kids Foundation, this wouldn't happen, would it? No. Parents would would have to lean toward raising the money on their own. And I've seen parents do that in bits and pieces and and it can take years so yes we we are the only ones here that help in this capacity in this way for durable medical equipment and supplies talk to us a little bit about the spectrum of the awards and the grants you're able to provide you said a moment ago that a lift for a wheelchair into a van is way more than five thousand dollars but you can You've got a waiting list for people who just need that to go with the other resources to try and put that together. Uh, is it largely one-time grants, or are there equipment that you can you give and lend or loan to the family for the duration that they need? How, how does all that work? Well, along with our uh, grants of equipment, such as the van lift, which is really, you know, something that will last the life of the car, we have our loaner library which is a wonderful collection of uh, strollers and gate trainers, which is um, a piece of equipment that helps the child to walk and move forward. And we have specialized car seats. Uh, We loan these pieces of equipment out statewide, and then we keep in touch with the families. And when the children have outgrown the pieces of equipment, we bring them back in to see if we can refurbish them and loan them back out. One of our most popular summertime pieces of equipment is our beach wheelchair, which actually allows a family to go on a beach trip. And if you can imagine, it's kind of this meshed chair with these huge, gigantic tires that allow the family to roll the medically fragile child into the ocean where they can get splashed with the water and enjoy and have fun. Because a regular wheelchair will not get through, will not get through the sand at Sandestin. Uh-uh. So our families um, check that out during the summer, and I must mon- mention a wonderful partner of ours, FEDAC, Friends of Disabled Adults and Children. They house all of our loaner equipment. They have volunteers that clean it up when it comes back in and help us get it ready to loan back out again. So they are a wonderful partner. Friends of Disabled Adults and Children. How large, and you just said you work the metro area, the entire state, how large a population are we talking about of of medically fragile kids? Well, actually, um, the state tells us there's between 15 and 20,000 medically fragile children um, that we're aware of. Now, with our funding, we help approximately uh, 400 children a year with grants and then plus plus with loaner equipment as that's going in and out. Now, we want to see people at the event at Flourish on Friday, May 13th, 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock if you want to come and be a part of the VIP event. But I'm sure there must be other ways that people who may not be able to get to us on Friday night can be supportive of the organization and help you guys out. How can they do that? Well, we would love for them to visit our website, which is fragilekids.org. 
And right at the top of the home page is a Donate Now button. And you can also donate in celebration of somebody, in memory of someone, and we will send a note out to those important people for you. So, yes, we would love to get some extra donations so we can help wipe out this waiting list of ours. We would love it. So we would appreciate any amount. And I guess on the website also, we can get tickets for Friday night's event, correct? Oh, yes, indeed. So let's give that website one more time. FragileKids.org. Jokas, thanks for coming in. I look forward to seeing you and everybody else at the benefit coming up with Eric Darius, Friday night at 7. Thank you so much, Condes. And now, a conversation with con artist turned personal safety advocate, Frank Abagnale. You'll remember him as the inspiration for the movie, Catch Me If You Can. Most of the work I do is business to business, so most of the time it's a bank hiring me to speak to their corporate customers about protecting them from cybercrime and things of embezzlements and forgeries. So a couple of years ago, the AARP approached me about uh, working with them to go out and actually speak to consumers, people who really are being hurt by a lot of these crimes and nobody was really providing the necessary information to help them or where they could get a resource to help protect them. So I found that very interesting. That was something I hadn't done in my career is deal with consumer issues. So I've, ha- I've had a great time the last couple of years touring around the country at ARP and reaching so many people and starting to realize how devastating some of those crimes are to the people who get victimized by them. Mr. Abagnale, people 50-plus, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, finally on Facebook, finally on Twitter, putting themselves at great risk for identity theft. How do you help them? Well, first I tell people never to put a straight photograph of yourself on Facebook. Today there are a tremendous amount of uh, facial recognition softwares like PitPat that people can actually go to your Facebook page by simply taking a picture of you. Uh, So I always tell them to use a picture with a group of their friends or playing a sport activity, but never a straight-on photograph. You never, ever want to state on your Facebook page where you were born and your date of birth because that's 98% to me stealing your identity. Every piece of information leads to another piece of information. So if you're on LinkedIn and it tells me you graduated from Emory University, then I'm going to find out who you married and what that wife's maiden name is and then how your children's names are. In this world today, there is so much information and so easily accessible that all it takes is one piece of information to lead to another piece of information. So you have to be very careful about things you say on Facebook and things you state on Facebook. But Unfortunately, people get on and tell you everything, their mother's name, their father's name, their maiden names, where they went on vacation, where they're going on vacation. Uh, It's just amazing. Now, in your day and time before you turned things around and began to help people in the days when I guess you were helping yourself, if you were doing what you were doing then now, I bet you could really make a killing, couldn't you? It would be a thousand times easier. I mean, I didn't have the technology that exists today nor did people give away so much information they give away just over the telephone. You know, a perfect example I give is that many years ago, 50 years ago, when I forged checks of a company, for example, like Delta Airlines, I didn't know where the airline banked. I didn't know the airline's account number. I didn't know the authorized signer of the airline's check. But today, if you call a company and you get them on the phone, all you have to do is tell them that you're getting ready to wire them some money 
and they tell you where they bank, on what street and what city, what their account number is. And if you get a copy of their annual report that's open to anyone, on the second page is a signature of the chairman of the board, the CEO, the CFO, the treasurer, the controller. Uh, it is so much easier to do today because we give away so much information without ever thinking it through what someone could do with that information. What are some of the top scams that folks 50 plus are especially at risk of falling victim of and how do you alert people to see them before they're taken? Uh, education is the most powerful tool in the world to fighting crime. If you explain to people what their risks are, you show them how it works, when they get that call or they get that email, they already know how that works and they know how to protect themselves and they're smart enough to do that if they have the necessary tools to do it. Fortunately, the majority of people in this country are honest, and because they're honest, they don't think in a deceptive way. So when someone calls and asks them information or they get an email from the IRS, they assume that it's legitimate. So I always remind people that no government agency is ever going to send you an email. No government agency or financial institution is going to ask you personal information online. So you need to be suspicious the moment you see that. What they do a lot today is they get people to say that they found some malware on their computer and they need to take over their computer to delete the malware. And they basically then take over your entire computer. They steal your photos, your pictures, all your personal email, and then tell you you have to pay them a sum of money in order to get that back. And even when you pay that sum of money, that ransom money, many times you don't get it back uh, anyway. So if you know that ahead of time and say, no, I already know how this scam works, I know this is a scam, you don't fall prey to it. But if someone has to help teach you that and educate you about that. Is it possible to wipe a computer cleanly, a hard drive cleanly, if you were going to update your technology, for example, and buy a new computer? No, the truth is, my personally, when I buy a new computer, I take the hard drive out and I put that hard drive away in my safe. I never trust it being totally destroyed. It can always be uh, picked back up and cleaned, and no matter what you do, you can always get information off of it. I also remind people that are using digital copiers since 2002, all digital copiers have a hard drive in them. So if you're getting rid of your copier, you need to also make sure you remove the hard drive. If you don't, criminals will buy those old copiers and they will take the hard drive out of them, plug them into their PC, and then download everything you ever copied on that machine, mortgage applications, driver's licenses, passports, marriage certificates, etc. I've even experienced being at home, my phone rings, Frank, and it's my own phone number. Now, I'm smart enough to know not to answer because I'm not calling myself, but a lot of people will pick up the phone and say hello because it freaks them out. And again, if you explain to people about that and why you don't pick up the phone and answer it, they won't do it. Again, it's simply a matter of educating people. People are smart enough about protecting themselves, but they need the tools to know how to do that. They're, they don't have that deceptive mind. So if no one told them different, uh, it's just amazing. They get a, an email from the IRS says you owe us this amount of money. If you don't pay it within 72 hours, we're going to put a lien on your home and your property and your bank account. And they immediately go out and get the money and wire the money or put it onto a card for somebody and send it over the phone. Uh, if you explain to them that's never going to happen, that is a scam and this is how it works, then when they get that email, they know not to do that. What is the most common mistake people tend to make when it comes to fraud and identity theft? Well, 
one, we give away too much information. Uh, and so, you know, even when you think about it, if I walk into a drugstore and write a check for $9 and I hand the clerk the check, on the check is my name and address and phone number, my bank's name and address, my account number at that bank, my routing number into my account, that's your wiring instructions, my signature on the signature card that I signed at the bank, and then the clerk has written down my Georgia State driver's license and my date of birth. We don't get the check back. We live in truncation. So we're relying on the drug company store to destroy the check, but that would be six months later. In the meantime, anyone who would see the face of that check can draft on my bank account. They can order checks with my account number on them and write checks off of my account. So today you have to be a little smarter consumer. You have to be a little smarter business person than you do years ago. So I still write checks, but I write a check to pay my mortgage. I write a check to pay my car loan. But I'm very careful about who I write checks to, especially if I'm writing those checks off a wealth management account, a private banking account, a Merrill Lynch mutual fund account, where I may have a large sum of money in that account, and that exposes a tremendous amount of money for me to lose. Mr. Abagnale, what have you been most surprised to learn as you've toured the country on behalf of the AARP and interacted with real people and educated them about all these many things? I am just absolutely amazed of the devastation some of these people go through, the loss of their entire retirement money, their loss of their entire income, uh, their, their, uh, just being scammed. Uh, how devastating it is to some people. And unfortunately, a lot of these people don't want to report it because they're embarrassed by it. And so the criminal knows that they're not likely even to call the police and tell the police it happened to them or their, or their relatives because they think, well, you were a fool to fall for that. Anybody can be taken. You should never feel embarrassed because you've been victimized by a criminal. That can happen to anybody. The most important thing is that you alert the police and you, so that they can alert other people, and that's the only way you're ever going to prevent it. Being quiet about it is not going to help anybody, and you should never be ashamed. Even I or anybody else can be victimized by someone. If our listeners today don't remember anything else about our visit, what would you have them to take away? Just remember, if you make it easy for someone to steal from you, it's unfortunate, but chances are someone will. So you don't make it easy. Be a little smarter, be a little wiser, pick up the phone and make a call. If you got an email from the IRS, you shouldn't respond to it, but if you feel you need to, pick up the phone and call the IRS, uh, whoever sent you that email. If it's your bank, verify it. Uh, take a minute or two. Someone says that you're your grandson and they need you to wire them money because they've been arrested. Try to contact your grandson or a relative so that you can find out if, in fact, your grandson is okay or he really has been arrested. Verify. Check those things out. Just don't accept it at face value. There is nothing wrong with being skeptical in today's environment. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Abagnale. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.